Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. I am Kai Graham and welcome to my podcast, Parent Toolbox, which is specifically designed to equip parents with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to another edition in the Parent Toolbox podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm currently running a series for the coronavirus, for want of a better phrase, because our family life as it stands is very different to um, how it usually is. So this is episode two in my coronavirus series, where I am today going to be talking to you about how to talk to your child about this pandemic. The thing is, is that many of us adults might be in our flow now. We're sort of, we're working out how to work from home. We're working out how to get online shops. We're working out how to communicate with people. But for our kids, it's a very different story. Maybe the adventure now is changing and it's turning more into a reality. And that reality was probably nothing that like they were expecting. So it's our job really to spot any signs that maybe there are some cracks appearing and to still reassure them, I guess. The first thing I do suggest is maintaining a routine. I think the thing is, is that as far as any of us are concerned, and kids especially, they like certainty. They like to know what's going on. Of course, yeah, we're allowed to relax the rules. But I think the thing is, is that the human brain likes to know what the plan of attack is. And so by having a routine, that gives that degree of normality in our home for our kids. And it may or may not be the schoolwork that's been set, but it could be sort of something slightly different as in having a timetable. And I'll I'll talk about that a little bit later. But it's really a matter of maintaining the routines that they're used to so that they know that not everything has gone sort of slightly askew. Now that could mean, let's say breakfast time at the same sort of time and lunch time at the same sort of time. But also I would encourage you to have a sort of regular set bedtime. Now it doesn't have to be what it used to, you know, sort of as early as when the kids were actually going to school because that, that might not be necessary. But I would suggest still having a, a regular sort of, um, you know, possibly later, but a regular going to bedtime. Um, still having baths of, you know, if they're a bit younger. Teenagers w- wouldn't thank you for that. They can jolly well sort themselves out. But for young kids, just make sure that the pattern of their day is um, fairly predictable. Now, secondly, they may or may not um, have questions. Maybe you've discussed what the coronavirus is like with them. But what I do suggest is if you're having any new conversations with them is to remember to keep the conversations age appropriate. Remember to keep the language in a sort of way that they can understand, a way that 
they are able to emotionally handle. And you'll know your child best. Um, you'll, you'll know what's, what's sort of most appropriate for them. But it really is working out what they do and what they don't need to know. Which sort of leads me to the sort of third point, which is watch out with having media on in the background the whole time. I think maybe now we're a little bit further down the line and maybe we are getting used to the sort of flow um, of how everything's running. But for a long time, you know, I heard that people had the news on the whole time, which is fine because as adults, we can sort of tune in and tune out to an extent. But for kids... Having that negativity, and let's face it, the news is negative. I mean, that's how it sells. We don't get very many good luck stories at the minute. So just make sure that your child isn't being subjected to too much negativity coming in through the media channels. And bearing that in mind, make sure that you know how they are accessing the media because some kids sort of might be doing, oh, I'm just going upstairs to play on my iPad. And actually they might go onto YouTube or they might find themselves on a media channel where um, they are privy to information that might scare them. Um, you know, to hear sort of things like what I, I read this morning and th- this is sort of 29th of um, March, that the death toll in Italy has overtaken that of um, China. Well, I don't think little kids need to know that, but that's totally up to you and it's totally up to um, you to sort of police how your child is is sort of getting hold of the information that they want to find. Fourthly, what I would say is talk, 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 talk. You've heard the, you know, the old BT phrase, it's good to talk. Well, it is. I think the thing is, is that children know when they are being sold a pup, for for want of a better phrase, they understand that um, sometimes you know when when the wool they're being bluffed and when the wool's being pulled over their eyes, and for them, for them that's scary. So what I do suggest is um, you talk to them as much as possible, and actually the best way of doing that is to listen to what they have to say. Listen to their questions. Listen to um, what they're saying about what they know, because that is a great way of finding out maybe they've sort of got the wrong end of the stick, or maybe they've blown things out of all proportion, or maybe they've found, let's, thanks Donald, but found fake news. So um, it's, it's worth sort of just listening to their conversations, listening to what they've got to say, and answering any questions, obviously, as I said, in an age-appropriate way, so that you know what's going on in the, that head of theirs. Because if they don't tell you, you can't really second-guess it. So listen to what they've got to say and allay their fears um, wherever possible, which is my next point, is to reassure them. To reassure them that um, as long as we minimize the risks, as long as you do as you're told and don't go out and keep up all the personal hygiene and sort of stuff like that, they are really minimizing the risks. Now, the thing is, is that the bonuses, as far as kids are concerned, is that they um, are less likely, um, statistically, to um, show really bad signs uh, of the the, um, virus. They, I think the younger immune system, 
obviously, obviously, if your child isn't, um, you know, doesn't have a, a, any underlying health conditions, but if they're generally fit and healthy, then kids' immune systems tend to be, from what I'm gathering at the minute, at the point of going to record, um, their immune systems are um, a lot more robust. Now, clearly, there are exceptions to that rule, but I would reassure them and tell them, you know, that that they they are going to be okay so long as they sort of behave sensibly. Um, that's really worth sort of bearing in mind. And also, they might have concerns about loved ones, about elderly relatives, and it's it's your choice on what to tell them. But um, bearing in mind, if they are hearing stuff on the news, I I would be as honest as possible. Um, because otherwise, if they feel that you've broken that trust, and the honesty is, is sort of the next point that I'm sort of coming to, is if they feel that you've broken that trust, then they are going to go and sort of find other forms of getting the information that they're looking for. So honesty really is the best policy. And what I would say is something along the lines of, well, if you don't know the answer, then tell them and sort of say, well, I'll, I'll try my best to find out what you know, and we can we I'll, I'll, I'll tell you once I've got that information. But I think the thing is, is that sort of kids are quite they're quite tuned in. So the sort of the nervous laughter of oh no, it'll be fine, um, isn't really going to cut it. So I think sort of frank and honest conversations, while sometimes a bit scary, are probably um, a great way of alleviating fears to an extent. Now. And this is a hard one. <laughs> patience, patience, patience for for your child, especially because these are uncertain times. These are um, times that are new to them, but they're also new to us. No one wrote a how to deal with your family in a pandemic, you know, manual. They they didn't. Having said that, I do have a handout. Um, <laughs> so there are um, the, everything that I'm discussing here is sort of discussed in a handout if you want it. So please pop on over to my website and the details will be in the show notes. But we we are sort of treading new water as well. So we're not going to get this right 100% of the time. And nor are our kids. So I think it, it's important to be patient with yourself and to be patient with them. Because we, you know, the, the further down the line we get to sort of self-isolation, self the more nerves will be frayed, the more we will sort of have that feeling of cabin fever, the more we will sort of be feeling on top of each other and in desperate need of a change of scenery. So that's you. Then imagine your child as well in their world of trying to make sense of all this because for them, their own backyard is big enough. So imagine hearing that this is going across the world. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to fathom in an adult brain. But have some patience and understanding that their bad behavior, should it manifest like that, or their anxieties or their, um, however, they're, however they're behaving, is, is a product of what's going on in their head. And it's a product of the environment that they're in. And I think it's important for us to relax the rules and lower the expectations a little bit. Now, what I don't mean, because one parent was asking me uh, um, when I was chatting to them on a call 
you know, so, well, my child's become quite violent and what do I do there? And I think the thing is, it, it, again, it's, it's, our response has to be appropriate to our child. Now, some children have, do have anger issues. Some children do have, are, are wired differently. Maybe they're sort of autistic or, or, you know, sort of, or, on the spectrum, um, and and they need a little bit more understanding, and the the way that they can um, voice their opinions is through, dare I say it, violence. I think the thing is is to behave as far as air quote bad behavior is concerned i think we still need to operate as we always have done and that's to, dependent in your own household um you know if you if you don't tolerate elbows on the table and me being sort of facetious here but if you don't tolerate elbows on the table then then you shouldn't be doing it now and if you don't tolerate didn't tolerate bad language you know, sort of prior to Corona, then you you really shouldn't be tolerating it now. So I would say as far as relaxing the rules, as far as being a little bit more compassionate, but as far as discipline is concerned, kids still need boundaries. And what you will find is they are going to kick off a bit to see how you react, because that's their job. That's exactly how they operate. They are there to, t- to kick the tires, to push your buttons, and to see how you react. And I think what we do need is to have a degree of consistency in our response to their behavior. Um, and it's just acknowledging and letting them know that, yeah, these are very sort of different times. Um, they're very sort of, it, it's sort of all very strange for everyone. But even though we've got that uncertainty, there are some lines that aren't crossed. And that's, you know, so that that, that is very much um, dependent on how you operate at home yourself. Um, what I have said is consistency, consistency in your behavior, consistency in your message, consistency, a bit like, you know, going back to the routine, just keep everything ticking over as best you can. And I appreciate that it's not going to be as easy as me, you know, me just sort of giving you a long list of things to do. You know, you, you might have sort of parents wanting to do conference calls whilst kids are wanting to go on the Xbox and not have the space. So as far as that is concerned, um, I think the thing is, is to be flexible as, you know, as far as that is concerned. And what I have found, and it's in the handout is, um, uh, um, uh, timetable that you might be able to use, especially with younger ones who might not have um, a, a school, you know, sort of curriculum that is being offered to them. But it's just maybe sort of planning, let's say, conference calls for mum or dad or whoever uh, at, are happening at two o'clock. So that's the quiet time or um, meetings start at 10 o'clock in the morning for mum and dad. So um, that's when you have quiet time. And let's do, you know, sort of f- creative play at 11 and whatever. It's it's up to it's up to you to work out with your uh, and find a timetable that works for you. And believe me, it's not going to work for the first time. And and maybe you know we're a little bit further in now to to this sort of self isolation. Maybe you found your flow, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, because once kids sort of get that, and once they appreciate that, then there is that degree of um, predictability. But try and remain consistent, you know. And 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 I appreciate that it's not always as easy when you've got 
school um, commitments or work commitments. But as long as your kid, you know, if your kids know, right, I don't know, two o'clock is nap time or two o'clock is quiet time all the time, then they know what to expect. Whereas if it keeps on changing, it's that sort of uncertainty that's hard for them to follow. What I would also say is please manage your own anxiety levels. Um, Our little angels are like sponges and they can immediately suss out how we are feeling. They, they, you know, it's a bit like that. They're more tuned in. I think it's sort of, um, especially at a younger age, they can tune into the sense of uh, the the atmosphere in a room much more easily than we give them credit for. So they know if people are anxious and if people are angry, and especially their parents. So manage your anxiety levels. If you're struggling, then reach out. I, I've got a, a an anxiety course. Um, and all the details for, for, for it's, it, it's child friendly and it's, you know, clearly adult friendly and, um, the details are in the show notes. So have a look there. That's kygram.com forward slash anxiety. And there's another one, which is really cool, which is uh, to help manage anxiety for, for you and your child. It's, uh, kygram.com forward slash breathe. And there are seven different breathing exercises that it, I mean, breath work is probably one of the best ways of dealing with um, anxiety. So that's a great way of you being able to just keep a lid on the, the, the sort of emotional levels that are going on in the house, because the more chilled it is, the more relaxed people will be. And what I do say is when our kids look back on this, they are going to remember how they felt rather than anything else, they're going to remember whether or not their home felt like a safe environment or whether or not their home felt highly charged and uncertain and anxious. So it really is down to us parents how to um, deal with the emotions in the house and to make sure that this, for especially for the younger ones, is deemed more of an adventure rather than a um, you know a punishment and being sort of stuck at home the whole time. Um, I, I do appreciate that this is totally dependent on the age of your child. Um, episode one was all about dealing with your teenagers, so if if you want to go back to that, um, that sort of gives you a, a slightly different slant on looking at things. But um, I think the thing is is just to make sure that our children feel safe. And that you, because you're the one running the ship and, you know, running the household and running the family, I'm presuming, um, you're the one in charge. They don't really, the young ones don't give a hoot what's happening outside. They're not interested in what Boris Johnson's got to say. They're not interested in what a chief medical officer, I mean, age appropriate, obviously, but what the chief medical officer has to say. They're interested in what mum or dad or grandma or whoever has to say and who is looking after them and supporting them. So that's important. And finally, how the heck do we fill our time to keep our kids amused, occupied, not on top of each other. And um, 
there's there's I, I there are so many Facebook group start again Facebook groups out there um, that I'm not even going to attempt to give you sort of um, all, all the different opportunities of 25 things to do with an egg carton, but um, I, I what I do suggest and it's in my handout is maybe sort of having sort of a, a craft day or maybe having um, a, a sort of you know a duvet day. Well, actually, let's face it, most days are, are duvet days now, aren't they? But maybe having a craft hour or maybe having a podcasting hour or a reading hour or whatever. So so um, each day is broken into bite-sized chunks um, and it gives you the and your child something to look forward to, something to shake it up. Um, there, there are many kids that prefer running around outside and if you're blessed with a garden or if we're still allowed to go to the parks, then hurrah. I, I think all the sort of climbing frames and things are, have all been shut off now. So it really is a matter of kicking a football around at <laughs> at sort of, you know, six feet and um, two metres distance, which is hard, but it's necessary. So there are many um, there are many things that we can do outside. I mean, many people are saying that their kids are loving having a vegetable patch. They've just sort of started doing something something like that, um, or going on a bike ride. Or I've seen one mum gave her kids a load of um, pe- paints, and they were allowed to do graffiti all over the side of the wall of the house. I mean, how cool is that? I'm presuming that once they sort of fill the side of the house, they either go to the next side or they get sort of white paint and start all over again. Um, People are painting their garden fences with lots of different colours. People are putting rainbows in the windows. Uh, You you will have seen it all. Getting chalks and and, um, sort of colouring in the the sort of paving stones in the the garden and sort of things like that. Older ones, getting them to learn how to change a tyre of the car or to set out an obstacle course in the garden or, um, you know, sort of setting out a a circuit training course. But all these things, just um, maybe get one of your teenagers to wash the windows. You know, it's 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 thinking laterally, and it's thinking laterally, and laterally, and it's thinking um, on your feet, and you know, sort of what to do. But many, I appreciate, many are unable to get outside, and um, that too has its own challenges because we know that fresh air is great for mental health. So I would give you know, in, in good weather, fling open the windows and sort of see what you can do because that um, that really will. Um, help with with sort of children just get some fresh air into their lungs. Um, there are so many online courses. If you if you maybe your kids um, have not been sort of instructed by school on what to what to do, but there are so many online courses. The Open University are offering free courses. Um, the British Sign Language are offering. I mean, I think that's a fantastic idea to get your kids to learn sign language together because I would hazard a guess that the majority of us are starting from square one. Um, so how cool is that? So, so something like that. Um, teach your teens and, and your sort of slightly older children how to iron, how to change the, your, unload the dishwasher, bravo. The, you know, the, just to start showing the chores because that... That gives um, a, a semblance of we're in it together. It gives us, it gives them sort of responsibilities, and you're all beginning to work as a team. Um, maybe get your teenagers to start learning for their th- driving theory test. Um, improve sewing skills. 
Um, there's a, a Taskmaster is a, is a program on telly, and that they're sort of creating sort of um, uh, goals and sort of you know how to sort of throw an egg across the garden without breaking it. And it's getting think kids, and they're putting that at sort of you know on, on um, online. So it's getting kids to think slightly outside the box. Um, TED Talks, there's fabulous stuff there, and th- I think I must admit I do think the jokes on us a bit. In that, we have said for so long to our kids, oh, you can't go on screens and get off your too much screen time. And now this is our lifeline, isn't it? I mean, and devices and technology and technology is saving us. So it'll be interesting to see how we evolve a little bit further, she, she says, um, once we come out of this sort of self-isolation and once we come out of um, um you know, the, this sort of this hibernation phase and how we adapt and, and the things that we sort of embrace and the things that we have the courage to leave behind. So I think we'll be looking at technology in a very different way when we come out of this. Um, maybe get your kids. I mean, how about this? Get your kids to create a photo book. Um, all our blimmin' pictures are on our phones and we hardly ever sort of take them out. So maybe create a photo book. I mean, I could go on and, and there's loads to, loads to do, but it's just thinking and comparing notes, but go and have a look at the, um, at, at the sort of various Facebook groups that are cropping up everywhere because some of the ideas are genius. Um, but at the end of the day, as I said, at the end of the day, it's about how your child is feeling and how your child is coping with this and what are the memories that they are going to have looking back. I mean, maybe get them to phone granny or grandpa and interview them because they might not, you know, I, I, and there are so many questions I've now got for my grandparents and they're now all passed. So this is an ideal opportunity to get to know um, one another a little bit better. One mum sort of said to me, she said, I, I'm talking to my child a lot more. And I went, oh, great. And she went, yeah, he's really nice. And he said, well, yeah, that's <laughs> bravo, hurrah. But um, it's it's all about connecting. It's all about building stronger relationships. And I think this is an ideal opportunity for us to do just that with our family in particular, because when push comes to shove, let's face it, it's health and happiness that's where it that's where it all lands isn't it really so i hope you found this useful as i said um the previous episode was all about uh, how to live under the same roof as your teens the next episode is episode 3 is all about how to support an elderly re- relative so um i look forward to you f- to you joining me for that one but as always this comes with very much love and thanks for listening Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you find this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share by your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? 
parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child and we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love. 